Hi, this is Steve with Thresher Media Group. Welcome to When You're Ready to Listen. This podcast is dedicated to exploring the truth about God, things you may not have understood, may not have been taught, or quite frankly, had a very hard time believing. And since our entire relationship with God rests on believing, it is important we learn how to separate the truth from the many lies and fictions that abound within the religion of Christianity. So when you're ready to listen, tune in and discover a pathway to freedom, encouragement, life, and hope. Jesus has a name, episode 16, Call Upon His Name, Yahweh Sidkenu, part two. We ended our last episode discussing the problem we have with the good child, bad child syndrome and how it has led to all manner of religious delusion and legalism that has made the people of God experts at hiding and lying. It has also made practically the entire community obsessed with sin, your sin, my sin, their sin, 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 everywhere, sin. We also touched on the scary truth that God said he would send a delusion on his own people so that they might believe the lie because they did not want to believe the truth. And the lie that we can be good for God or good for others is perhaps the most pervasive delusion that has invaded Christianity and has kept people bound in hardened chains of personal and institutional legalism. And this lie has choked the life out of so many. It is terrible, absolutely terrible. But Yahweh Sidkenu, Yahweh our righteousness, is the solution to our delusion. Therefore. What does it mean to live out this name, to call upon Yahweh Sidkenu? To practically know Jesus by his name, Yahweh Sidkenu, we must be willing to come to grips with our absolute inability to be good and by faith relinquish all our own attempts at finding favor, blessing, and right standing with God and with others through what we do, through all the work of our hands. We must let go of all our would-haves, could-haves, and should-haves of our life and never return to their lives, especially that one that tells us that next time we will. We must detest the work of our hands, knowing that even our best goodness before God is not much more than a dirty, filthy, bloody rag. And this truth must move from a Christian cliche to a personal truth invading our heart, mind, soul, and strength. Shame, which is a product of the lie that convinces us we should not be so bad because we could be so good, must be entirely rejected. We must learn to hate this lie so much that we are willing to let it go and let the good child, bad child syndrome be ripped out from our soul. We must reject all aspects of religion that attempt to equate doing good with being good. His righteousness has been given to us in exchange for our corrupt nature. Therefore, we have no reason to try and be good or to try and hide the fact that we are not good. Remember, only God is good. For the source matters. The source is everything. This needs to become our personal mantra. Our righteousness comes only through Yahweh Sidkenu. With that said, Our righteousness is only realized through active belief, through betting our lives on the fact that only God is good. 
If this is not our truth, if we do not own the truth, then we are in one way, shape, or form still trying to be good for God, still clinging to a failed religious system, still loving our legalism, and still living bound by the weight of it all. Therefore, to live this truth, we must give up our desire to have God be proud of us for what we can do for him. And we must surrender all our attempts to earn our blessing and instead simply rest in the fact that he is our righteousness. And because of him, because of Yahweh Sidkenu, we are good. The struggle with the name Yahweh Sidkenu is that it is counterintuitive to everything in our being. Our fight with this name is quite cellular. It seems we are fundamentally at the core of our being. We want God to bless us, to be kind to us, to be tender in his dealings with us, and to not take us through so much trouble and pain because we have tried so hard to please him. However, we have been told over and over that the problem in our life and in our relationship with God is sin. Essentially, we are taught to believe in oh so many words that if we did not sin so much, we would know God's favor, peace, abundance, blessing, and so on. But this is a twisted lie that is embedded with just enough truth to make it believable. However, unless God, the only one who is good, is the one who is doing something in and through our lives, what we do, what we say, even what we think is sin anyways. That includes all our great acts of ministry and service for God and for others. Remember, the source matters. The source is everything. Let me repeat that phrase so it sinks in. Unless God is the one who is doing something in and through our lives, what we do, what we say, and even what we think is a sin. I know this is incredibly hard to receive, much less actually, truly, and legitimately believe. But if we can accept the truth that only God is good, then this truth will set us free. After all, we were all born into sin. We did not just one day accidentally sin and become sinners. This was plan A from before the foundations of the earth. And the law, God's law, your law, my law, it just confirms that we are sinners for none of us can keep the law. In fact, the law just provokes us to sin. It's a terrible, unending cycle, but that is the nature of law. Since every thought, deed, and breath that we take is corrupted by our sin, we sin because we are sinners. Our sinful behavior, our sinful thoughts, and our sinful words are just the fruit of the reality that in our flesh, we are sinners. This explains why all our attempts to stop sinning just do not work. This also explains why God must dwell within us through his new creation. For our old sinful wineskins, our flesh, could not handle the glory and purity of his spirit. With that said, even though all we do is sin, it should not concern us in the least. We need to let go of our obsession with sin. He already died for all our sins. He's thrown them as far as the east is from the west. And it was appropriate because he is the one who created us in sin. His death on the cross, his personal sacrifice was not a reaction to the fact that we sinned in the garden. 
Rather, our sin and his plan to sacrifice himself for our sin was plan A all along. Therefore, he took upon himself every drop of anger and punishment that the Father required for sin. Hence, it is finished, done. So much so that every accusation that could ever be made against us has already been nailed to the cross. Therefore, the issue of our blessing and favor from God logically has nothing, absolutely nothing to do with our ability to not sin or to do it right and to be good for God. If you think what I have said so far is crazy talk, this truth gets even more wacky and even more unbelievable. Let me continue. It is 100% up to God to transform our beliefs, our thoughts, our feelings, and our behaviors. We cannot. That is the essence of grace, 100% him, 0% us. We can only let the Spirit transform us. We can only be willing because the ironic truth is that every attempt on our own to stop sin is in fact sin. And it just leads to more sin. It's a never-ending cycle. All of us in the religion of Christianity need to get over it and stop this unhealthy and sick obsession we have with sin. It is what we are. It is who we are. For only God is good. And only Yahweh Sidkenu is righteousness. Therefore, we must become identified only in his name. Therefore, if an area of our lives is still bound by sin and the Spirit is shining his spotlight of truth on that area, it is because he simply wants us to invite him to go to war against everything within us that is keeping that area of sin alive in our soul. He is going after those areas that stubbornly refuse to believe that Yahweh is our I am. Hence, he simply asks us to be willing to present ourselves to him as a living sacrifice, a willing victim, and he will do the rest. Yes, the rest is up to him. He is responsible for our transformation. When we are willing, simply willing to give up our law, our system of shame, and all our attempts at being good, when we are willing to stop justifying what we do by explaining away our sin and our failures based on our good intentions, that we didn't mean it, And when we stop comparing ourselves to others, judging their sins to ours, and we receive the unabated righteousness of Christ in us, we will know true freedom as sons of God. Before then, we still choose to live as slaves in his household. To call on Yahweh Sidkenu is to rejoice in the truth that our darkness is so pervasive that we no longer need to hide it in shame. For it just confirms the truth that we are in need for Yahweh Sidkenu in every area of our lives, not just some parts. This is the reason Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit, those who realize and accept their absolute righteous poverty. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. This is also why those who are white, covered head to toe with leprosy, are considered to no longer be unclean, but clean. It is only when we embrace our complete leavening are we able to accept his righteousness apart from our attempts to be good. 
Can you imagine what it would be like if we could all be in this together? Can you imagine how much more relationship, intimacy, and unity there is to experience with others when we are not condemning or judging them or condemning or judging ourselves along with, of course, all the requisite hiding and lying? Can you imagine what it would look like to work together to help each other be willing to let God do the necessary work of judging our flesh and not be all shocked and dismayed when all the bad things come to the surface as a necessary part of this process? Can you imagine what freedom there'd be if we did not feel the need to hide and lie and could trust ourselves and our weakness to others who would love us unconditionally and not shame us? Probably not. That is a big request that defies our lifelong experience. Yet according to Galatians, that is exactly what God is looking for from us. God desires us to replace all our shame with his righteousness. When we come to grips with our complete 100% need for all of Jesus and every single part of our lives, and not just part of Jesus and parts of our life, then oddly enough, the embarrassment and shame begins to wane and thankfulness takes its place. I know this is crazy talk and incredibly hard to believe, but this must become our truth at a cellular level. This must become our relational truth with one another. And this name, Yahweh Sidkenu, must become one of the banners we let Yahweh Nisi fly over our lives. Yahweh is our righteousness. Yahweh is my righteousness. But make no mistake, This is a battle of faith versus fear, for our religious flesh is always trying to point out our failures and condemn us, leaving us fearful of God and usually even more afraid of others. Our flesh is always pointing to some law about what we should have done or even what we should now be doing. Besides, other believers tend to be watching out for our failures so they can point the finger, condemn us, and feel better about themselves. And by the way, we do the same thing to them. In addition, the enemy is always watching out for our failures so they can accuse us. But why should this be the case? For there is no condemnation for those who stand in the glory of Yahweh Sidkenu. And this truth is the glory of the gospel, the actual good news. Romans 1, verse 16 through 17. For I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work, saving everyone who is now believing, the Jews first and also the Gentile. This good news tells us how God makes us righteous in his sight. This is accomplished from start to finish by faith. As the scriptures say, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. As the Spirit says, we are to be found having a righteousness not of ourselves, not by the work of our hands, but that which is through faith in Jesus Christ, the righteousness which comes from God on the basis of faith from start to finish. There is never a time when our righteousness is determined by our good efforts, our good intentions, or our good discipline. It is realized from start to finish by faith through betting our lives upon the truth that he alone is our righteousness. If you want to talk crazy talk, I think it is crazy that this simple and pivotal truth has been largely lost in the religion of Christianity. It is so hard to fathom, and we tend to take it a bit lighthearted, 
but he literally chose us before the foundations of the world, while we were yet sinners, that we should now be holy and blameless before him. In fact, he made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf, so that we might choose to become the righteousness of God in him. It is to be our now experience. We can bet our lives on this truth and put down shame once and for all. As he says, all who now and continually trust in him will not be put to shame. Moreover, this is where Yahweh Sidkenu pairs so beautifully with Yahweh Shema. Yahweh is there. He is righteous. And since he is there and there is in the temple of our souls, then we have his righteousness. And there is nothing we need to do, much less can do, to earn it and experience it, except to actively believe, such that we are willing to let him wage his war against our flesh and continue to take up territory in our being and continue to transform us such that he lives his righteousness in and through us. With that said, I want to make this next point super clear. God's righteousness is a lot like his agape love. We have his love in our souls, and we are the objects of his great love and affection. But to practically experience his agape love in our day-in and day-out lives, we must let Jesus take more and more possession of our soul. We must let him fill us, since he is agape love. His love comes along with his personhood. God is love. Therefore, the more we let him rule in our lives and literally possess our being, the more we and others through us will truly know experientially his love. And we know that for him to possess more of our soul, we must be willing to let him judge our flesh, especially our religious flesh, which loves its goodness and locks us in legalistic delusion. We must be willing to let him put our flesh to death and thoroughly burn off from our lives the errors of wrong belief and unbelief that keep us believing the lie, the strong delusion of personal goodness those areas that fight incessantly to prove that we are the I am. And that is the same with his righteousness. If we have the new creation, if we have truly been born again, then we have his righteousness because he is there in the person of the Holy Spirit. He dwells within our being. He is our righteousness. Therefore, the Father deals with us based on our righteousness, which is Yahweh Sidkenu. But to practically experience his righteousness in our day in and day out life, we must let Jesus take more and more possession of our soul. And that means one thing, war. He must go to war against his enemies in our soul. We have got to die to live as this is the pathway to living in the spirit and walking in the spirit. With that said, all the wonderful things we desire love, blessing, favor, to be good and holy and pleasing to God, well, they all come with his presence, for they are a part of his personhood. Therefore, such desires cannot be experienced or known apart from his name, apart from him taking up more and more space and residency in our being. Therefore, we must decide what we love, our goodness or his righteousness. Again, we must decide what we love, our goodness, or his righteousness. Honestly, Yahweh Sitkanu is the reason, the only reason probably, Jesus could say with a straight face that his yoke is easy 
and his burden is light. You see, his only burden on our lives is for us to be willing to trust his name such that we give him access and permission to complete the sacrifice and put down all that stands in opposition to him. The rest, it's all up to the spirit. He simply seeks our willingness. Therefore, it's time to shift our perspective of law, sin, failure, guilt, shame, and so on. These are just tools of the enemy and a failed religion filled with sick and unhealthy relationships. When we agree that Yahweh Adonai has appointed every detail in our lives and Yahweh Ra has established the path we must walk, we can rejoice that Yahweh Sidkenu has done it right for us and will always do it right for us, even though we practically do it wrong. He just desires us to now and continually believe this to be true while he wages his war. Otherwise, we will always live enslaved to the elementary principles of this world with rules about what we can and cannot do and what we should and should not do and what we better be doing. Yet, if we identify with Yahweh as our righteousness, then we can trust in the truth that Yahweh is our righteousness, no matter what practically comes from our lives. Remember, failure and sin are part and parcel of our transformation process. It's a byproduct of war, a necessary byproduct. After all, what should we expect when he is waging war against everything in our soul that stands in opposition to our believing that he is our I am? All those areas in our life that are convinced that they can be the I am. Of course we're going to fail. Of course we're going to sin. That is the whole point. He wants it to come out so we can get in touch with why it was there in the first place. He wants us to understand the areas of wrong belief and unbelief that are behind the sin and failure. The sin and failure are just the fruits. They are not the problem. They are just the indication that we have a problem, a wrong belief or unbelief that God wants to change, that he wants to transform. Yes, he wants us to believe in his name. For if we call on his name, we will be saved. For there is much power in the name when it is accompanied by faith. Think of how much trouble the enemy, as well as our own soul, has brought into our lives by cloaking us with failure, sin, duty, guilt, shame, all the hiding and lying and so on, produced by a whole lot of manufactured laws declaring what we should do and how we should do it. What a travesty. What if we were to rise above it all and stand on the rock, Yahweh Sidkenu, and declare his righteousness over our lives, a righteousness that comes by faith and not by the works of our hands, not by our trying to be good. What freedom and power there is when we actively believe in his name. With that said, at the risk of anyone taking a deep dive into what they should or could do, this form of active belief is an iterative process, which Yahweh begins and finishes in his timing based on the wars that he engages in when he chooses to engage in them. Unfortunately, we cannot just decide that starting now, we will believe, or starting now, we will be in the spirit. It does not happen that way. He just wants us to trust him enough with our lives to invite him to do the work, regardless of the cost, regardless of the pain, regardless of the means and method he chooses to take to accomplish his work in our lives. 
our belief will be the fruit of our willingness, just like our willingness is the fruit of our belief. What does he want? For each of us to present ourselves as a living sacrifice, not allowing ourselves to be conformed to this world, but letting him transform us into the image of his son through the renewal of our mind, through his changing what we believe, and therefore what we think, what we feel, and ultimately what we do as he gains more and more territory in our soul to live out his righteousness in and through our bodies. And in the meantime, we can stand on the truth that Yahweh Sidkenu is our righteousness. For only God is good. To get a free download of the full written transcript with all the scripture references footnoted, please go to threshermediagroup.com. That is T-H-R-E-S-H-E-R mediagroup.com. This is Steve with Thresher Media Group. When you're ready to listen, tune in.